Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. You picked a good hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show to tune in because we have Tim the Lawyer here. Tim Sandifer has been joining our show now for... 13 years. Great yeah, really. Scott. Wow. You were a child then. I can't believe it's been that long. I was just uh, I was just looking at uh, some things that feel like yesterday and were actually a long time ago. My wife and I have decided to start watching Star Trek The Next Generation on Netflix because she missed about half the show when it was originally on. Good day, goals. The first episode of that show was 32 years ago now. Oi. Which means that... Uh, that the show was a lot closer to the original series than we are to that show now. Oh, that's interesting. It was, the original Star Trek was only 20 years old in that show. First uh, Tim, aside from being a Star Trek historian, is the <laughs> vice president for litigation at the Goldwater Institute, Tim Sandifer. So, uh, Tim, we know you're working on some really exciting and, and fun stuff right now, and we want to talk about that. But we have a couple of general constitution-y questions. All right. That we wanted to chat. I wonder chat what you're, you just because you're a guy who's read a lot about the founding and the Constitution and all this. That's what you do. Um, um, what are your thoughts on impeachment in general? Not the particulars sure. of this one, but just the removal of a president from office. I think that the, the founding fathers expected us to use impeachment a lot more, a lot more than we do. Hmm. And of course, not just presidents, but judges also. And uh, they would be shocked that in the history of the United States, there have been so very few impeachments of people who have 
abused or arguably abused their offices because impeachment is a political process. Impeachment is a constitutional political process. It really drives me crazy that partisans in the media refer to impeachment as a coup or as trying to undo the election. No, impeachment is a political process that if the if the constituents want it, then they should get it, and that's that's what the system is designed for. And and we have come close, but not actually convicted presidents in in the impeachment process because there wasn't actually that kind of political pressure for it. So now judges, I don't know, I don't know what how many judges are judges for yeah, life. Do I? Uh, are a lot of judges judges for oh, life? Or is that uh, just the Supreme all, Court? All Article Three federal court judges are so judges for life. The, the article for well, impeaching judges them, for good behavior, I should say. The article, the argument for impeaching them makes a little more sense than that. You know, it's the only way you can get them out of there. Yeah. If you think they're corrupt, right. whereas with a president uh, or an elected official, you can wait till the next election. And it does happen that that uh, uh, federal judges are impeached, but. You know, when you can, when you just look at the numbers, it's just not plausible that uh, we've been using impeachment as often as we ought to. Mm. So you think it would have been more? Um, uh, I, I wonder if maybe we don't go through a period here where we just uh, constantly are impeaching. Yeah, We're, no, I, and I and I don't see anything inherently wrong with that because the system is supposed to balance parties against each other in order to protect the the individual. You know, the whole system of checks and balances is is designed to keep the political branches at each other's throats. And that's a blessing. That's a benefit to us. You know, people talk about gridlock. They use the term gridlock. Gridlock is a feature, not a bug. The, the system is designed to, to counteract each branch so that the people can go at their, about their business in peace and safety. You want an efficient government where these, the, the fools who are in office can get what they want done immediately? That would be a horrifying alternative. No, the, the, we're better off with the political parties duking it out and accomplishing nothing by the end of the day because then we can go about our, our lives pursuing happiness and, and and being with our families and running our businesses and, and minding our own business. I mean, that's what the, the Constitution was designed to do. So there's a lot of discussion about what's an impeachable offense. We started our talk show roughly coincident with the, the whole Clinton impeachment mess. And there's, there's bribery and treason and high crimes and misdemeanors, and everybody argues about what that means. Um, I understand they were vague, so it would cover things they couldn't, anticipate but what about incompetence what if you just think and a lot of people think the president sucks that's kind of what that's kind of what they did with andrew johnson was just the idea he sucks let's throw a whole bunch of stuff at him and he really did i mean he really should have been thrown out of office no uh, absolutely incompetence is an impeachable offense of course it is it has to be you couldn't possibly have a constitutional system where a president, let's say, in the first year of office goes crazy or something and just decides to randomly do all sorts of terrible things and there's nothing you can do about it. Of course, impeachment exists in order to remove people who are unfit for office. Are you talking about like switching us to the metric system or something crazy like that? Or? <laughs> True horrors, yes. <laughs> My car gets 15 rods to the hog's head and that's the way I like it. <laughs> The, the uh, impeach or I mean, uh, uh, gross incompetence is an impeachable offense because it's a political crime. It's a danger, a, a serious threat to the safety and security of the people of the United States if the president is dangerously incompetent. And so, of course, that is an impeachable offense. But they specifically did not go with the term maladministration or whatever they were talking about at the time. That's true. But also, you know, what 
what the founders chose not to include is of limited value when interpreting the Constitution, because there's lots of stuff they chose not to include. And there's a lot of reasons why they might have chosen not to include something. So perhaps they didn't include terms like maladministration because they thought that was covered sufficiently by the language that they did use. So it's always of limited value to say, well, the founders chose not to include something. Maybe that's a helpful argument. Maybe not. But what we do know is that historically speaking and just as a matter of common sense, Removing a person from office because that person is dangerously incompetent is obviously within what the founding fathers intended when they wrote the Constitution. I'm not saying that that's the the situation today. I'm talking about what the founding fathers thought at the time they were writing the Constitution. Tim Sandifer is the VP for litigation at the Goldwater Institute. Uh, The Second Amendment is also another aspect of the Constitution, part of the Constitution that seems to vex people for because it's it's vague. Um, Would the Constitution have been better if they'd made it two or three times as long (laughs) or shorter? So at the at the writing of the Constitution, there were a lot of people who were opposed to including a Bill of Rights, including James Madison and James Wilson, who were probably the two smartest guys at the Constitutional Convention and Alexander Hamilton, too. They were opposed to including a Bill of Rights at all because they said, look, the Constitution only allows the government to do the things that we've listed on this piece of paper. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. They, they, all they can do is what's listed here. And if we put in there, in, if we write a Bill of Rights that say, by the way, you have the right to freedom of speech and the right to freedom of property, blah, 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 then what's going to happen is people are going to forget that the federal government only has the power to do the things that are listed on this piece that's of paper. That's a pretty good argument, it and turns out. That's right. If you, if you, and if you accidentally leave something out, people will think that you purposely left it out. There so, you go. So they said if we write a Bill of Rights that leaves out that you have a right to run barefoot through sprinklers on a hot summer day, you might have people out there who say, well, you don't have a right to run barefoot through sprinklers on a hot summer day because it's not in the Constitution. And sure enough, that is today how yeah. a large number of people read the Constitution. So it, it's arguable that we would have been better off without a Bill of Rights because that would have forced people to face the fact that the federal government has limited powers. That I, is really interesting. I don't by itself buy that argument, but it's an interesting argument. Is anything uh, in the Constitution about becoming the world's largest insurance company? Um, redistributor of wealth? There is nothing in the Constitution that authorizes the federal government to do those things. No, no, I thought not. All right, then. So uh, let's talk about what you're doing these days. What uh, what are you hot to trot about? We have a big case we're going to be asking the Supreme Court to take this month uh, that involves whether lawyers can be forced to join bar associations. And this Mm. this is a very important issue. So for a long time now, Lawyers have been forced not just to pass the bar exam. I'm not talking about the bar exam. You have to pass the exam and you get licensed, you get sworn in, then you're a lawyer. That's a different thing. A lot of states, about 20 states, I'm sorry, about 30 states today, now force lawyers to join bar associations, which are private clubs. They're basically labor unions for lawyers. Are you in one? And I am a member of the Arizona State Bar Association. They call it the Arizona State Bar, but it's a it's a private trade organization that I'm required every year to pay $500 or so to, and they spend this money on political activities. They lobby the legislature. They take political positions on things. State bar associations do this all over the country. Uh, Even though I disagree with that, they're forcing me to subsidize political speech that I disagree with. And th- you disagree we, with some of their positions. Oh, yes. And this is now you might think, you know, and whether you did or not, I'm not sure you should be forced to uh, subsidize. Oh, absolutely. This. And, and listeners might think, well, who cares about the First Amendment rights of lawyers themselves? And this is very important because bar associations have a lot of political influence 
with state legislatures because state bars lobby and they get a lot of influence and they get listened to a lot at state at the state level. And I, in the media, I've never noticed that in Corruptifornia. Well, and, in the, <laughs> and in the media view of it, the media regularly throws around whichever bar association believes this as if, well, then that settles it. Yeah, as if that's they speak for the entire legal right, profession right. and they don't. So we have sued over this issue in several states, in Louisiana, in Oklahoma, in Oregon. There are cases going on in Wisconsin and Texas, and we're doing a case in North Dakota that we're asking the U.S. Supreme Court to take and to hold that lawyers cannot be forced to join bar associations and subsidize their political activities, just like the Supreme Court has already said, you cannot be forced to join a labor union and subsidize its political activities against your will. How hard is that test, the bar? Uh, the bar exam itself, that it is, it's the, certainly the hardest test I ever took. How long does it take you? Well, these kids Days today, or hours or? these kids today have no idea how good they have it. <laughs> when I took the bar exam, the California bar exam was a three-day exam. Three days. The, the, and the Arizona bar exam was and still is a two-day exam. I believe California is now only two days, but it is a very demanding test. And um, uh, could you pass it today, or is it the sort of thing you need to study up for at that time? I would, I would have to study up for it. And I was in a bad situation because I took it in California 15 years ago, and then I had to retake it in Arizona two years ago when oh. I moved there. So it is a, uh, it, yeah, it was tough to go, have to go back over that stuff and relearn it. Is it, is it like word searches, two pictures, what's the difference between these two <laughs> pictures sort of things? Well, the answer is no, but actually to, to get into law school, you ha- have to take another test the LSAT, and the LSAT actually does have something kind of like that. The LSAT exam is a lot of logic puzzles. It's stuff like, you know, you have a chicken and a wolf and a bag of seed, and you have to cross the, the river in a canoe, and you uh-huh. can only have two in the same canoe at the same time. Oh, that, really? that kind of question really? is on the LSAT I, exam. To Do you have to go to law school to take the bar? Uh, not in every state. But some states, states, just any rando could uh, study up there on their are, own. And there are some. So that's why Lincoln did it, didn't he? Just study up yeah, on their own. Yeah, randos like Lincoln. <laughs> California, right, Jack. California is the is I think the only state where you can take the bar exam without having gone to law school. Mm. And every few year, a few people pass the bar exam having studied on their wow. own. Very few. Wow. And of course, it's very hard to get a job sure. if you do that. Yeah. But it is possible. But and I can start suing people, and that'd be fun. In Hell some yeah. states, if you graduate from law school, you are automatically a member of the bar in a few oh. states. Among the fine uh, books that Tim Sandifer has written, uh, the recent The Ascent of Jacob Bronowski, uh, which we talked to Tim about on a podcast, right? That's right. At some point. Uh, yeah, very, very good. Uh, Frederick Douglass, Self-Made Man, which is absolutely terrific. The Permission Society, which we helped inspire, finally inspired something positive in the world. Um, and The Right to Earn a Living, one of my faves about uh, economic freedom which is uh, another forgotten notion these days. But, very much so. Yeah. Anyway, we'll have a link to all that stuff for you. We'll be back with Tim to talk more uh, liberty and constitution and stuff like that in moments. On the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the metro. No mask, no metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doing our part. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. 
If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.